We are in uh, week five of the election, post-election madness, and uh, we are now uncovering more and more of the election fraud that happened. And, and you know, many things are, are coming out. I mean, I, and I'm not even, we're not even going to go into the various uh, obvious frauds. I'm more interested in two things. One, the impact that these obvious frauds have upon the, uh, you know, many Democrat voters. And then secondly, what this says about those people who see the obvious fraud that's going on and do nothing about it or think that there's nothing to see there. Those are the two groups of people that I'm really fascinated about. All right. First of all, just by way of background, yesterday, Wednesday, December 2nd, Trump went on TV and laid out a fantastic 45-minute or so speech as to the extent of the fraud, giving very substantial detail about what's what. He even brought up some graphs. Um, It was very compelling. And to actually see the declarations that he's talking about, he's not going to present it that way, right? He's He's not presenting a trial, but he's presenting the opening statement as he would like to show it. And I think it was very compelling. If You're I were showing essentially a data anomaly that under a real election is an absolute impossibility. Right. Now, what's interesting about this is, you know, yesterday I tried to find uh, Trump's speech on YouTube and I did the normal search. And, you know, what would you do? I, I would say Donald Trump uh, fraud uh, election speech, something like that. Right. So I put it in. Uh, nowhere would be found. Instead, what I see is a bunch of clips from NBC, MSNBC, CNN, all those guys uh, saying how there is no evidence and Trump is fraudulently uh, arguing that there has been fraud or desperately worse to this effect. And Yeah, thank God those media companies have a sterling record for accuracy (laughs) in the last four years. So you immediately doubted yourself. Uh, Yeah, exactly right. So... That was the issue as I saw it. And I thought that's an interesting point in and of itself. So why are they doing this? Why are they, not only are they doing these, these clips, right? But they're titling the clips so that just in case you don't actually click into them and watch them, at least you see the title uh, saying the, the summary, the conclusion that this or that media outlet has made, which is that Donald Trump is crazy. And this is a foregone conclusion election. Okay. So that's, that's the one thing you can take away from that. Um, the other thing is, and I, and I told you, I'm really fascinated with the effect that this has on people. Let's, let's talk, first of all, about those people who are watching this and didn't necessarily vote for Trump. Maybe they didn't vote for anybody at all. But nevertheless, uh, and maybe even voted for Biden, but nevertheless are seeing th- these items of fraud and saying, yeah, that, that does seem a little weird. <clears throat> I mean, there are many reasonable people out there. Most people, I, I know this is a shock, most people out there are not media outlets. Yeah, they're average people like you and me, as it turns out. Who get their information with their own eyes and ears, yes. not the information piped into their eyes and ears by a number of screens right. throughout the day. Yeah, they, they want the bullet points. I mean, everyone wants bullet points, but they're not that stupid. So they see these blips, right? At some point, the, the curiosity has got to get the better of this cat, right? Where they say, well, wait a minute, there's this huge claim of fraud. 
Um, and I just, I'm just curious, what does Donald Trump have to say about this? Apparently, he's going to speak to the, to the nation about it uh, tonight. Uh, let's uh, hear what this crazy guy has to say. And then not only that, but also, you know, the legal team, what is their argument? I mean, I have a couple of friends who are conservative. What, what the hell are they saying? And then they look at it and they say, you know, that they've got a point about these big blips in the graph suddenly at 3.40 a.m. in one state, 6.31 in another state and so forth. That's a little odd. And then it's a little odd about the, you know, is there any truth to this notion that more people voted than, than were registered in 67 counties in Michigan alone? And so on. Again, I don't want to get into the weeds. And so they're looking at this and they're wondering, you know, maybe there's something to this. And why isn't there anybody on the Biden camp coming out and saying, you know, here's why it's absurd. Here's why everything worked out great. Yeah, A he, plus B equals C. We won because the, but no, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, this is a, a point that our good friend Jake Glucksman brought up, and I thought that's a really good point. And you, it, <clears throat> Biden and his team are not acting like a team that would fight in court. So, for example, I mean, look, I'm a lawyer. Uh, Jake's a lawyer, too, by the way, a very good criminal defense lawyer. Uh, we don't just say, well... Hold on. Give him a call. <clears throat> He'll get you off. <laughs> That's right. In more ways than one. Um, anyway, so he, we don't go into court when there's a complaint against our client and just say, well, it's just silly. We're not even going to court, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, we're just appointing our cabinet. Right. right? Yeah, we're, we're going forward with this. And, uh, our, our cabinet is going to be comprised of the most diverse... Okay, whatever. You know, thing ever, right? right. They, they move know. along as if somehow yeah. nothing's happening. And, and that is, I mean, that's the equivalent of me just ignoring the, the massive co- complaint for breach of contract, let's say, against my client. And I just continue to, um, to spend all this money that, that's not mine. And, and they just go forward with their trial. Dude, and I'm speaking to Biden now, dude, you're in a trial, whether you realize it or not. And the jury is the American population. That's it, okay? It's not just the court system that's going through. The, the, the American people are actually watching. And you are just a, a no-show. You're AWOL, as you have been the entire campaign, by yeah, the way. We so practice that's right. That. <laughs> that's right. He's, he's acting consistent. We have to give him that. Very interesting, right? So, but people are watching this and saying, and I'm, I guarantee you, we are making more and more Republicans out of this process than ever imagined. Okay, so you know we, we things don't change, don't uh, stay static in life, right? I mean, you see all these people who walk away to use the Brandon Straka um, a campaign slogan and the campaign company. They walk away from the Democrat Party because you know of X, Y, or Z, and they tell their story and everything else. I guarantee you, Ari, that you will see a lot more of these people who actually saw what happened in the. 2020, November 3rd election and say, that dog don't hunt for me. I am no longer a Democrat. Yeah, I'm, and, and I'm what, signing out. Thank you very much. Yeah, and and what's, what's important about that is it's a permanent walk away. It's a walk away. I'm shutting the door behind me and I ain't ever getting in. Like they, there's that poll number of the 70% of Democrats. And I, I, I don't believe from the, the media election results, this makes a difference in that um, Dominion would have cheated to Dominion's number. So 
don't think had they voted for Trump, it would have made a difference in the, in the current lay of the land here. But just think logically about this. If you're one of those 17% of Democrats who, when asked, you voted without knowing about the uh, Hunter Biden uh, uh, laptop situation. Now that you know about it, because the media didn't tell you in time, you say, well, I would have never voted for Biden had I known. Do you think any of those people are ever going to vote Democrat again on the one hand or ever believe media without a major grain of salt on the other? That's a permanently damaged I agree. Yeah. product. It's, it's a red pill consumer. moment and you, you can never unsee it is what you're saying. Yes. And I think you're right. Uh, look, you know, the, um, that the famous line is that uh, Democrats accuse Republicans of suppression and Republicans accuse Democrats of fraud when it comes to elections, right? Uh, when in truth, <laughs> Democrats are guilty of both. I mean, they try to suppress information. Like what you talked about, Hunter Biden, uh, and for that matter, what's going on in this uh, investigation of the fraud, they, they truly try to suppress it. They cut away whenever uh, uh, Kaylee McEnany, for example, or Trump himself talks. They say, well, this is irresponsible. We are pulling away from this. Wouldn't you want to keep it going so then you can at least have your commentators say, well, look, he said a whole bunch of crazy things. So let me explain why they're crazy and wrong. Nope, just cut away. You know, it's, it, imagine the viewer saying, wait, wait, wait. I wanted to hear what, what he had to say, dude. That's exactly what happened to me. I had on NBC um, for some reason. And uh, Trump's talking, and they did exactly that. Lester, they cut to Lester Holt, the anchor of their nightly news, who goes, we had to cut away from that to prevent misinformation from reaching the public. Then he brings on Chuck Todd to have an extended conversation with Lester Holt about why it's misinformation. Meanwhile, they show Trump in a little square in the background. You can see Trump's still talking, and I'm yelling at the screen, Guys, could you please let me hear him, not you? You guys have plenty of time to talk. Right. He's talking now. You're in the media business. You're on air whenever you want to be. Well, anyway. The you, point, you know, it's, it's yeah. like the, the complete contempt for me as an audience member or anyone else as a potential audience member to think that we're such children and can't determine for ourselves whether or not something is full of facts or yeah, fictions. that's right. We're so easily beguiled. Okay. So that is, that's issue number one, right? The, the effect that this has on the reasonable Democrat uh, who simply says, you know, this is crazy. I, I don't know why you're, I feel like you're trying to keep me from information. Right. People don't like that. All right, so you're going to see a lot of people. I dare say you will see millions of people leaving the Democrat Party because it just strikes them as radically unfair. Americans hate unfairness. They, we love justice. We love fairness. We are a, an inherently fair and a justice-seeking people. And this, this is, you know, violates all notions of that. All right, the second group of people, of course, are those Democrats that seem to, um, they'll always be Democrats. Uh, I, I know many of them. Some of my relatives are very deep Democrats. And they see all this and they double down. They don't care. They, they, it's not just that they don't care. They, they insist that whatever is being suppressed, like the Lester Holt thing you are just talking about, uh, is for a great cause and they're doing the right thing. Yeah, Americans are just too stupid to hear it. Thank God Lester Holt did that. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's an emblematic of what they do. Okay, so I had always said 
that Democrats don't like democracy. We said this many times before, and we got a lot of pushback. What are you talking about? Of course we love democracy, Barack. And I explained for two reasons, but I never, I never felt like there was really proof in the pudding, right? I was very cautious about it. And the one reason that I had in particular was because they love big programs. I'm not even talking about socialism, but it applies to socialism too. But all these big idea programs that they have, whether it's the Green New Deal or a bullet train or socialized medicine or Obamacare, whatever you want to call it, they're always big plans, right? We want to change the infrastructure of everything. Um, we want to have a permanent uh, minimum wage that goes to $20 an hour, whatever. You, you know all these things. You know them. But they always fall apart, Ari, because there's this darn thing called an election where if people don't like the big idea programs, and I say with the capital big, B and capital I, they just say, ah, we don't feel like it anymore, <laughs> right? I mean, so all that effort to create, let's say, the bullet train, and people lose their appetite for the bullet train. Bye-bye, bullet train, right? So it's, it's very uh, unsettling and uh, frustrating for the big idea Democrat out there. And, 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 and they've so hitched their wagon with socialism these days. That's why they don't like democracy, right? Right. They basically said, come on, come on, come on. Give us a chance. This only involves all of you being involved for a huge percentage of your lives, but no big deal. <laughs> That's right. Don't worry. Yes, exactly right. So the second thing. we're like, no thanks. Racist. <laughs> yeah. So the second thing associated with that is that they don't like democracy because it threatens power. Right? Yeah. Because so, once in a while, they'll lose an election. Yeah. That's very inconvenient. And it's just, it, you know, it defies their understanding because whenever a Republican wins, they feel it's outside of the norm. It's like some guy has, has hijacked the presidency, or for that matter, a Senate seat and so forth. And that is not the proper status quo. The proper status quo always is Democrat in the White House, Democrat in the Senate, Democrat in the, in the Congress. Media telling you what to think, you behaving. Right. Yes, and, 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 yeah. and, and what? And the, and the Supreme Court, of course, it is only normal <clears throat> if and when we have at least a majority, a 5-4 majority liberal, then it's a sensible Supreme Court. But when it's a conservative Supreme Court, to, to emphasize my point, then they say, oh, something wacky has happened. We must pack the Supreme Court to, to balance it out, you understand, because we can't possibly have a 6-3 conservative court and, you know, God forbid, the possibility of a 7-2 Supreme Court. Woo! Right, the irony of them of, of liberals dominating everything and then we get some, say, some time and they go, well, it's out of balance. Yeah. Well, that is balance. Yeah, it's, 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 it's uh, you know, not my president, resist, and all that stuff. Okay, so that's the way they think about it. And really, but it, yes, it the irony that the people who are always lecturing us on norms, if you watch their, um, let's just say unnormal kind of events, the last thing you see in this party is norms. You know, rioting, arson, losing, you know, weird stuff with children. And they're the ones telling us about yeah. norms. Oh, I, I know. It's, a, it's hysterical. Um, and, anyway, and, and they pretend all the while that, that nothing's happening. Like, like the protests, <laughs> there was, they were not violent. They were all largely peaceful. Okay. The point is that they hate democracy. Because democracy, every four years and every two years for that matter, 
threatens their power, you know, God forbid we should do anything that might threaten their power. So when they see and they know, I think deep down, not even deep down, just below the surface, they know that there was massive fraud going on here. They cannot explain these massive blips in the middle of the night. They cannot explain that somehow all the voting just stopped. They cannot explain how they kept all the Republican poll watchers from Pennsylvania in particular and Philadelphia from, from the room, the room where it happened, as it were, right. right? They cannot explain these things. They cannot explain that the, uh, there were more, more voters than there were registered voters in 67 counties in Michigan alone. They cannot explain these things. They, and all the witnesses that are, want to come forward and, and say all these crazy irregularities, they cannot explain it. Uh, so, but deep down, deep down, I think they like it. I think they like the fact that their man, their party did what was necessary to get that fucking job done. And that means Joe Biden, he muscled his way in, his team muscled him, him in, and now it's time to get it done, right? So I'll emphasize the point even more for you. And it was, this was a chapter in my book, Atheism Kills, where during the time that Obama first started, I think it was the first two years, there was a lot of resistance, and, there, and, and it got even more so later on in his presidency. But it was very frustrating for, for Obama because, gosh golly, these Republicans were just not liking a lot of his programs. And Harry Belafonte, Woody Allen, and to a lesser extent, no, not to, no, to a full extent, Thomas Friedman from the New York Times, all of them said the same thing. Let's just make him a dictator. Let's get the job done. Do you remember that? Of course. Yeah. Thomas Friedman. Dictator, let's be China for a day. There you go. He, he literally wrote an article to that effect. Let's be China for a day. Because by golly, that's the way things get done. You know, we don't have to mess with this nonsense. Just for one day, get it done. Never thinking, of course, that the next day, these same people who were victims of the, of the, of the dictatorship might very well say, we don't like what we did yesterday. Right? But that's another story. But you see the impulse their fascination, their love, their affection for dictatorship. And so it all comes out now when there is a transparently fraudulent election going on, the most massive fraud and conspiracy to engage in fraud in the history of the United States. And they just look the other way. Especially in light of people who for four years told us that Russia had stolen an election. Yes. And that it was a concern. Well, it violated norms. But that's the point. Yeah. They, 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 they just are very happy to look away. It's, it's a little bit like, uh, you know, there's this monster, uh, this evil person in your basement or, a, you know, a rat problem in your basement. And you just decide, I'm just going to close this door. But the, the problem is going to get worse, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that's what the Democrats don't realize, that they have rats in their basement and they are growing in numbers, and it's going to infect the entire party. It already has, in my opinion. And they've got real big problems, but they don't care because the road to dictatorship is really what they want. Because you see, Ari, their dictator is a benevolent 
dictator. Right. He'll he wants to do wonderful things for you and me. Right. And why can't you just let him do what the, all the benevolent things that he wants to do for us? It's so good for you. Don't you get that? Right. The mayor of L.A. promised us we will rise. <laughs> I will give you your freedom back if you would just give me two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Nine months ago. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, right? The governor. You know, uh, you know, I don't want to. Imp- I really don't want to impose this lockdown. I know I was at French Laundry the other day. Word salad, word salad, word salad. But, you know, I don't want to do this, but I, I mean, I might, I have to, I might, <laughs> okay. you know, but that's how dictators talk. Of course, they, of course. They don't say, I'm seizing power and I will never give it back. Well, not only that, but uh, most of these dictator countries, I mean, I, I notice this as an irony, is that they all have the word republic or democracy in the title. In their title, that you know, is the Democratic uh, Republic of Congo. No, they're not either, right? right. Democrats, uh, People's Republic of Korea. There you go. North exactly Korea. right. Uh, North Korea. Soviet Socialist Republic. Yes. You know. Of course, nothing yeah. of the sort is true. It's all. It's all a farce. Okay. Here's the next point. Now, Ari, let me let me move on to another point, um, and this is an important point. As you know, I have come to believe in God. When I was, uh, I came to believe in God when I was 20, 21 or so. And, you know, we Jews, we come to God not through faith. It's a very Christian thing. And I, I, don't, I don't begrudge it. I think it's just a different door to God, right? Christians talk a lot about faith. And, and when you talk to a Christian, very often they will say, just open your heart to God or to Jesus and you will see. Everything will be great. We Jews don't resonate to that. We Jews need to, yes, believe in God, but it's not a question of faith. It's a question of making sense to us. It has to be logical. It has to be scientific to us. And that's the way I came to God. And I know that that's the way Dennis Prager came to God. It, it, it is, to me, it's absurd. And I think obviously absurd. You don't have to be a mathematician. You don't have to be a PhD in nuclear uh, physics to know, to look around you and say, okay, this couldn't have happened randomly. You don't have to be a, uh, a nuclear physicist, for that matter, to understand that there's something profoundly unique about consciousness and free will and our, our ability to reason and the fact that everything has to be so perfect uh, on this uh, planet of ours in order for anything to survive as it has survived. You, you just, you don't have to. So, so through probabilities and statistics, right, I, I get it and you get it as well. That's the way we came to God. And I like it. It strengthens my resolve in God. And I seek him out more and more. Part of my process of loving God and believing in God is, is always proving God's existence yet again. And I love it, right? Every time, for example, uh, when they discovered the human cell, that was only in the 1800s or so, maybe even later. But before that, people believed in God, of course. But then the advent of the cell, and they actually studied the cell. Each cell is like its own little universe. It's got it's a whole world, and, and they didn't know that back in the 1800s or 1700s. They thought people were kind of clumps of of clay, so to speak, and they had their minds. They believed in God, of course. But here comes a cell, and it just gives further proof of God. Right? Okay. Why do I why do I, am I talking about this in the context of the election? I think, because you and I are scratching our heads, Ari, how can people see the evidence that we are seeing, the fraud that we are seeing? 
or just the facts without even calling it fraud yet, and not come to the conclusion that there was massive fraud going on here. It's a matter of probabilities. It's a matter of numbers, right? We, that's, that's the way you and I think. But they don't. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting to do a kind of correlation between those people who believe pre- profoundly in God, like you and I do, and those people who look at the circumstances of this election and say to themselves, I don't see anything here. Well, the, the, the real correlation, I think, is one that we set back a couple uh, clicks, and, and we've covered it many times on this podcast, which is look at the correlation of those who believe in God and then for those who don't who believe what the media tells them. Yes, I yes, mean, exactly right. Easiest. And the correlation the between... telling us... Yeah. You know, the way, just the way the media covered it on election night, we were all texting each other, and Fox calls Arizona blue. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, say, that's nonsense. First of all, how would they know? Yeah, and, right? and the, and the Democrats among there are saying, yeah, look, give it away. It's, it's cool. It's good. Right. We're all good here. You know, but, this, but, the same thing applies. The media is telling you this stuff, and immediately I knew not to believe it. The I sa- mean, you know? Yeah, the same thing applies, though, the correlation between, and we've brought this up before in podcasts, uh, between those people who um, believe with all their hearts that the earth is warming to dangerous levels and we're all going to die unless we radically alter our entire industry. Uh, the same people uh, don't believe, sorry, believe that COVID uh, can kill everyone and you have to wear masks. And even though all the evidence shows that that's just not the case and, and they close down the schools, there's no evidence for this. And, uh, and, and, they, and you point out the fact that the, the infections, uh, sorry, the deaths uh, are attributed to COVID when they have no basis to do so, among so many other crazy things associated with COVID. And it's very fascinating. You know, if you follow the line of reasoning of G.K. Chesterton that when you don't believe in God, you don't believe in nothing, you believe in anything, right? These these people for whom God is not an important part of their lives, some of them atheists, they'll believe in anything. It's amazing. They'll, they'll believe that there was nothing to see here when it, ca- when it comes to this election. Nothing to see. Yeah, they believe that when Obama said you can keep your doctrine, you keep, can keep your plan, and then they lose their doctrine, lose their plan, they still believe Obama. Yeah, I they, mean, they, are, they nodded their heads are, along the way and right. said, oh, yeah, that's, that sounds good to me. Okay, well, he said so. And never once, you know, wondering like, wait a minute, you, you, you clearly lied about this. It's not, it didn't turn, it's not that it turned out wrong. It's just you actively lied. We now know you actively lied about this. And likewise with the Iranian deal, likewise with, with the, the global, um, the climate change arguments and uh, just, I mean, and, and the, the Libya thing with Benghazi, all these things, we, we know that he lied. Yeah, can I step back to a, a, a more sure. ancient example that I think exemplifies this perfectly? Bill Clinton, 1992, denying he was ever unfaithful to his wife. In 1992, the original allegations were Jennifer Flowers. Then a couple of years later, it's Paula Jones and, you know, Kathleen Willey and all those, right? But then in 1998, five years down the line, the blue dress shows up with a stain. And then the stain is confirmed. Those people, and then I would say to these Clinton supporters... Doesn't it bother you that now that the stain's DNA is traced to where it came from, 
that he was lying to you about Jennifer Flowers, Paula Jones, Kathleen Willey? Does so that right. matter? You're so right. And, and, and they go, well, you know, it's irrelevancy. It's a sex life. It's not about sex life. It's he's lying to you. I know. And, and, and here's and, the, here's and, the funny thing. When I when that was all happening, I was a Democrat, and I you know I had, I had voted for Clinton in '96, and I was planning to vote for Gore in 2000. I did vote for Gore in 2000, but during the impeachment process, I wanted him, Clinton, to go down. I wanted him not just to be impeached, but to be convicted. I want that man out of the office. I thought he gave, you know, we Democrats, so to speak, a bad name um, and that we were above this. We were better than this. And I noticed how people were arguing in my party at that time. They were arguing that it's just about sex, like you said. Uh, And I said, no, that's I knew that that was false. It was far more than that. Um, and, and you can tell that to the cows come home to your idiot friends, but not to me. You can't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. I knew exactly what was going on. And that's why, you know, and I was in, etern, sorry, internally consistent. I'm very proud of myself about that. Yeah. And then, of course, I switched to the Republican Party, not because of that, although I, I began to, I, I guess it paved the way because I really didn't like the way they were just BSing me all the time. The main thing that happened was that I saw that I was wrong about George W. Bush, um, that he was not going to um, destroy the country. And not only that, but he had such a decency about him, maybe even too decent, uh, and that he had a moral clarity when it came to Israel. Um, He was so gung-ho about Israel. I said, dude, you got my vote. And that's how it began to open the door for me asking more questions about why I should be a conservative and a Republican. And boom, uh, here I was. Yeah. So now, and now, of course, I'm such an active advocate for conservatism and I'm fighting uh, liberalism and leftism and socialism and communism, all of which now appear to be synonymous with one another. Yeah, and the Democrat Party. But you see my point of the correlation between those who go, nothing to see here and I'm proud of it, and the people who... I mean, and I couldn't believe this. Even years after Clinton left office in the 2000s, I'd have this conversation with these diehard liberals and go, you're not ashamed that you believe this man, that you were so easily taken in by him. You weren't angry with him after you realized he had been lying to you all these years, whether it was his sex life or uh, otherwise. He, because when he was lying about his sex life, about Jennifer Flowers, Paula Jones, even Lewinsky... He had the option to simply say to the media, I'm not commenting about my personal life. Of course, one way that's or all he had to say. That's I, all he had to I, say. I, I think you guys in the media need to be like the guys in John F. Kennedy's day. Yes, yes. And just, this I don't want to drill down too right, much on that, but you're right that. Is, they, they, you're, the you're, same people who are taking yeah. a pleasure, like you said, in Biden cheating to win. Because yeah. when it all costs only mattered to them, are the same people who almost took a rabid pleasure that they were susceptible to lies. And oh my God, Slick Willie, he's the best liar ever. Oh my right. God, he's so good at this job. It's you a know? little bit like the like the woman who um, you know here's this guy who is a womanizer, and uh, you know I guess we're talking about Clinton too, but it's not really about that. You know the classic womanizer who tells her what she wants to hear, and she says, "I love it when he lies to me." You know, but, but somehow she, she actually does. She loves it when they lie to her. And in many ways, that's what's happening with this election. Yeah, they, fetishistic. They, they love that the world and the media is lying to them. They are being spun a narrative that they know deep in their heart, if they just scratched a little bit, not even deep down, they would realize it's BS. 
but they don't want to see the BS. They want, they want to be romance, romance. They want to be lied to so that they can believe that not only their man is in power, but that the rest of the country loves their man and that this is the norm like we spoke about before, that these are the, this is the proper, the proper state of affairs in America. We're back to decency and such. Never mind that we got there in a, in a very indecent and fraudulent way. Well, right now we're going through the, the bumps in the road and such like that. But once this is all settled, then we can laugh at Trump all over again and dismiss him as the kook that he was, you know, crying and screaming and, and holding on for his dear presidency that he lost fair and square and the American people resoundingly, resoundingly rejected him, don't you know? Even Biden himself talks about having received a mandate, right? I've got a mandate. No, dude, even if you won. Yeah, it's a even, squeaker. It's a, it would have yeah. been a squeaker. You didn't win, but even, even under the numbers that you have, that you claim to have, that would be a squeaker. That ain't no mandate, especially when you add in the fact that you didn't get the Senate, you didn't get the House. In fact, you lost very substantially in the House, and then there are all the governorships and all the state legislatures as well. Dude, you do not have a mandate. Right. All right, at let's get best, this straight. At best, you're a placeholder. Can I comment really fast on how profound it is what you just said? Mm. Think about the difference, of course, between maturity and immaturity. We all go to Disneyland, right? We all go to a movie. We all pretend at different times, right? When you're at Disneyland or Magic Mountain and you go on a ride mm-hmm. or see a movie, you invest in the temporary time you're doing it or reading a fairy tale in the story and you suspend your disbelief. But we as mature adults know that fantasy land is not real life. Right. Unless you work there, but even that, it's <clears throat> job, you know. Right. But the, the, you know, the Matterhorn, Alice in Wonderland ride, Dumbo, those aren't real things. <laughs> it's a temporary fantasy you invest in for the fun of it. Right. But you go home it at a certain point. And, right. and uh, here's my point. I've been calling the behavior of Biden and the <clears throat> media and those supporters who are celebrating this, uh, there's something called cosplay from like the Comic-Con world, costume play. The people who go to a comic book show dressed as a stormtrooper. They know they're not a stormtrooper. They're pretending, right? right? And But real adults know at the end of the day when the comic book convention ends and you take off the stormtrooper outfit, you're Joe. Mm-hmm. And you drive home and you follow the rules of traffic. You know, you're not a stormtrooper. And these people who are buying into the lie, what's sinister about it is they're truly not Willing to leave Fantasyland. I know. You, you know so, what I so mean? They're, they're like the, That's what's dangerous. They're like the two guys in the Starbucks who are writing a screenplay, and they say, "No, no, no! Have him say this. Have him say that." You know, and and then they're they're fantasizing about the cool ending with explosions, and whole uh, the audience will be cheering on and such like. That's the way they try to script this election, isn't it? Yeah. That's exactly what they're doing. And uh, we'll do it this way, we'll do it that way, and then we'll be able to say that he won, and yeah, he pulled it out at the last second, and the narrative is those mail-in ballots, they went largely for Trump, uh, for, for Biden, and had uh, Trump not, you know, dissed mail-in balloting, uh, he might very well have been president, but he's only got himself to blame. You hear this nonsense, yeah, right? Yeah, that's their new thing. Yeah. That's our narrative, and literally, it's a narrative in the same way that I just talked about, a screenplay narrative. A that fantasy. They yeah. want to push this storyline, literally a storyline, to you, and then you you go in and you watch, you're watch. you watching Star Wars or whatever, it makes you feel good, you feel like you're in the moment, and now you leave the um, the theater, the movie's done, 
Um, but you, you forget that you were in a movie. You were just enjoying, it was pure entertainment. But my friends, uh, you know, voting, our civic duty to vote and to, to handle it sacri- um, in a sacrosanct way, that's hard work. This is not a game. This is not a movie. This is real life. This is the kind of stuff that makes a difference between responsible adults and God-fearing adults, for that matter, and those, and those who would seek to destroy civilization altogether. This is the way it happens. You do not believe in God, you're going to get crap like this. This is my most important point <clears throat> that I want to relate to you. <clears throat> there is, to me, no surprise, to me, no surprise between the fact that we have become a dramatically godless nation or our, our God observance has dramatically decreased over the past few generations. I, I discussed this in terms of the numbers in my new book, Atheism Destroys. Which you can get on... Well, you will be able to get it on Amazon, of course, or, or wherever books are sold, which means Amazon. Anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but but we, have, we have fewer and fewer real believers and when that happens and the majority of people are either atheist or have no God in their lives whatsoever, they, it's just doesn't animate them. They don't, certainly don't go to church. They don't think about God. They may, may even think God is silly. Well, then anything goes. You can do anything when you're an atheist. Anything is possible. And so cheating, the notion of cheating in an election, is, it's, it's just too easy to amass and make work this uh, a vast cheating fraud. That's what's happened here. And too many people thought alike. Nobody stopped the presses and said, you know what, I feel really wrong about this. I mean, you have, you have this one mail carrier, a post office worker, who apparently was told to drive this huge uh, ship. trailer. Uh, yeah, bo- boxes of, uh, of ballots, empty ballots, across state lines, I forget where, from New York to Wisconsin or something like that. And then, and he did ask questions, but that was it. All the others, like, nobody came up and said, you know, I'm a Democrat, but you know what? Well, no, there were a lot. There's been a lot of them. Okay. You know, well, good. I, 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 I'm, I'm, okay, great. Yeah. But, but I think, was, there but was not no enough. In, there, was, there was no one in that room while the Republican cult poll watchers were getting kicked out of the counting centers in Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and Michigan right. who said, no, no, they need to be in or this election will be called into question. The, the point is that there are too many who are willing to cheat uh, and did not say, and did not speak up. And we have, I mean, thank God we have the, 100-plus declarations that we have for the many that we do, but it's not the sea change that needs to happen. And, and we don't have people, uh, you know, just the regular viewers, the people who are not poll watchers or anything else like that, just people, regular American citizens, who stand up and say, this is crap. I cannot tolerate this. And, and they just don't have that discerning eye. Well, they don't have the cynicism that's necessary to be a good citizen. Yeah, well, I kind of disagree with you on two points. Number one, I believe, look, I agree with you about the dangers of atheism, but I think with 80 million votes for Trump, that's a pretty good sign that atheism hasn't taken hold, and neither has socialism. In oh, country. I agree. That's the first thing. Second of all, if 30% of Democrats are saying this was a fraudulent election, that's a pretty good number of Democrats who, are when polled about election fraud, are not buying the bullshit. I understand. I so, understand. But so there but, are some very good signs out there. Now, what's dangerous, I think, is the 
virility of the enemy. They are incredibly... Okay, but I, I, I want to go somewhere else about that. The viril, I understand what you're saying yeah, about the virility, yeah, but no. it's, 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 something has changed. The ability to dismiss God, the ever-disappearing God in our culture and civilization has allowed people to be more brazen... And that's what you're talking about, maybe the virility. Right. Uh, they're, they're certainly more brazen about their cheating. I mean, the, people are doing things today that I think just 10 years ago, 20 years ago, if they were to do exactly the same thing, uh, they'd be hauled off in, in handcuffs. They never consider doing it. Right. They would, and they wouldn't even consider it in the first place. Yes. But because they, I mean, th- these are the same people, mind you, who think that it's okay to loot because, you know, uh, they don't have enough food, um, and they're just doing it to feed their families, and including that, you know, plasma TV. Yeah, and because Whitey. You forgot Whitey. Yeah, exactly right. And reparations and so forth. But they, they justify their rioting and their looting because, you know, black lives matter. Uh, and, and this is the, the culture of rationalizing. And so we're seeing people rationalize. Whatever happened, well, they probably happened just fine. And it's all in the context of a very good cause, and that is to get the Democrat in the White House. That's it. And that's good cause enough, and we can all smile away because, well, we're getting our man in. That's, th- those are the things I want to take away with this podcast. I want all of us to think about the connection of godlessness in this particular election. Were we to have a country where God was front and center in most of our lives, I'm not saying every single one, But if it was the paramount uh, way we look at our culture, we would not have this situation whatsoever. Nothing even close. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week.